The My Mental Health Sucks podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land, the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation, and their continued connections to land, water and community. We pay our respects to elders past and present and their descendants. I extend my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people here today. Hey guys, and welcome back to the My Mental Health Sucks podcast. I'm Rach, I'm your host, and today I thought I would talk about my journey in therapy. Now, therapy is not for everyone. Therapy is for some people. There are different types of therapy. You've got your counsellors, you've got your social workers, you've got your psychologist, you've got so many types of therapies out there. But for me personally, my therapy that I choose, that I do, is a psychologist. I go and see a psychologist. At the moment, it's once a month, but I think I'm going to bring it back to uh, once every two weeks because it's been a pretty rough week, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I had some personal things going on and it's just been a really emotional week. So my therapy journey started when I was... 16. I remember my mum coming and picking me up. I was on a three-week promotional course, dead smack bang in the middle of it. I just had my 16th birthday and I remember her picking me up. I was so sleep deprived at this stage as well. She picked me up. She took me to my therapy session and I remember sitting in the therapy session with my therapist, with this lady and this lady goes, hi Rachel how are you and I'm like yeah yeah I'm good I'm trying to keep my eyes awake I'm literally staring at her like trying to keep my eyes awake I remember and this lady just starts talking and I'm not joking you this whole this therapy session was gonna last an hour I fell asleep 20 minutes in like I was so sleep deprived I fell asleep (laughs) it was really kind of crazy for me I had a lot going on as well when I was 16 at that stage. I recently got into a relationship that turned out to be a really toxic and really quite abusive relationship. And and my mum thought, yeah, it'd be great. Let's get her in therapy. So I remember this therapy session and she was going through. She was like, tell me about your life. And I'm trying to keep my eyes awake. She's like, how's your friends? And I was like, oh. I only have really two friends, my best friend Sophie and this other person that we're friends with. I'm trying to keep my eyes awake. I'm falling asleep. And she goes, Rachel, I really think that you need to get some sleep. And I was like, looked at her and I was like, I'm on a three-week promotional course. I'm under so much stress right now. (laughs) I'm falling asleep because I'm so sleep deprived. Anyway, at the end of the session, she was like, look, I really want you to go and read this book. And I think it was like how to make friends and blah, 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 blah. I can't remember what it was. All I remember it was like how to make friends. My mum was like, yeah, we'll buy the book for her. And for those that know me in real life, I have ADHD. I have an attention deficit disorder. I cannot physically read. I can't read. I'm also dyslexic, very dyslexic. I can't read properly. So it was really hard for me. I was like, mum, I'm, I'm never going to read this book. And I remember my mum for months and months and months after this therapy said, you really need to read that book. You know, you can do so well. And I'm like, mum, I'm never going to read this book. I don't understand why you bought this book for me. She's like, listen to the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook. I was like, no, I'm never going to do that. So I remember going to this therapist for months and months and months and nothing happening. And then I got to the end of the 10 sessions and I said to my mum, I said, mum, this is a waste of money. I don't want to go back. 
And my mom went, fine. I'll spend the money somewhere else. And I was like, cool, no worries. You do that. Spend it wherever you want. I don't care. Whatever. Spend it. I went through my teenage years. Everything was, look, it wasn't fine, but everything was okay. Um, until I turned 19. And I went through a really rough patch when I was 19. I went to the doctor and he was like, look, Rachel, I really think that you should go and see that psychiatrist. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, I'm going to put you on antidepressants. Go and see a psychiatrist. I went on antidepressants. Went and saw the psychologist. Sorry. I went and saw the psychiatrist. And I remember getting into the psychiatrist appointment. And he goes, tell me about your life. So I started talking about my life. And... I saw there was like one point I started crying and then I was happy and I was crying. It was a bit all over the place. And after 20 minutes, and I'm not joking you, 20 minutes of me sitting in this psychiatrist appointment, he goes, you have bipolar. Which made no sense to me. And I was like, what do you mean I have bipolar? He's like, well, your dad, you told me that your dad had, is, has bipolar. And I said, no, my dad has drug-induced psychosis. He doesn't have bipolar. He has drug-induced psychosis. Maybe drug-induced bipolar, but he doesn't have bipolar. He's like, no, you have bipolar. Gave me another prescription. Set me on my merry way. He's like, come back once a month. Or come back when your prescription's up. And I was like, okay. So I didn't listen to him and I didn't go to a psychologist. And I continued on this. I was on, I think at that stage, I was on Lamodrigin and Pristique which Pristique is an antidepressant and Lamotrigine is a mood suppressant. So it works out for people with bipolar. I continued with him and then I went back to the doctor and I was like, look, this ain't working for me. I'm still having like episodes. And he's like, yeah, well, you need to go see a psychologist as well. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So I found a psychologist close to me. I started seeing her. And again, like the psychologist and I, we, we obviously weren't vibing because nothing was working. And eventually it just kind of like fizzled out with her. And I was like, my sister said to me, she's like, yo, like, you're obviously not improving. Leave this therapist. I'm like, no, no, no. My sister's like, no, seriously. Like as a professional, my sister is, well, now is a mental health social worker. Back then she was a social worker. And she was like, no, like this is not working. My sister's like, you need to find someone else. So I left that therapist. I went on another year without a psychologist. It was getting really bad. My sister said, sat me down. She's like, you need to go and get a therapist. And I was like, I don't want to. They don't work. And she's like, no, you do. She's like, I need you to go and get it for your help, okay? We promised each other when we were younger that we would, if one of us needed help, that we would get help. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I went back to the doctor and I was like, I'm back. She's, he's like, okay, right, go and see the psychologist, go and see her. And I was like, oh, fine, okay, I'll go see the psychologist. So I remember, I remember the day, or vividly remember the day I went and saw, I met my, my now therapist. And I sat in this office and she goes, how are you? And I was like, I'm okay. And I was like, this is my diagnosis. I have bipolar. Where do I begin? And she's like, let's start with childhood. And I was like, great. And I blurted out everything. First session, basically told her every single little bit of my life. And she was like, hmm, okay. 
And then it kept continuing, like, every single, like, continued for an entire year of me just literally just blurting out shit for her. She just sat and she listened. Didn't really give me advice, but I was improving. Like, my sister kept telling me, she was like, no, you're improving. I was like, oh, but I don't know if this is working. She was like, no, it's, you're improving. Like, I can see the difference. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. All right, whatever. And I remember this one day, I walked into my therapist session and I'm talking about my dad and about, like, the trauma that he put me through when I was a kid and I was talking about my mom and the trauma that she put me through as a kid. And my therapist goes, Rachel, I want to bring something up to you. I've been wanting to bring this up to you for the past, like, six months. But I haven't been able to figure out, like, how I was going to bring it up with you. But I want to let you know, I don't think you have bipolar. And I kind of looked at her and I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I, I was, like, in denial at first. I was like, no, I have this incurable, like chemical imbalance in my brain she's like no I don't think you do she's like I genuinely think that you have BPD I was like what's BPD she's like borderline personality disorder it's a trauma-based in mental illness basically comes from your childhood from when you were a young kid having trauma before your frontal lobe was developed and it kind of like sit back and I was like no Kind of like, no. She was like, no, seriously, I think you do. And I remember coming home to my sister and I was like, sorry, my therapist said something to me today. And she was like, what? And I was like, my therapist said that I have BPD. And my sister, I've never seen my sister flick her head so fast. She was like, yeah, you do. I was like, what do you mean I do? She was like, you have BPD. You have every single trait of BPD. The only trait you don't have is narcissism. And I was like, surely I don't she's like no you do you have a trauma-based mental illness and then my sister got so excited she's like you know what this also means I was like what does this mean she said you can recover from this learn the traits that you need to learn and she my sister got so excited and she was like sending me all these articles and she just got so excited she was like oh I read this article about PPD and she would send it to me and she just got so excited the fact that like finally after I think at that stage I think I was 24 After 24 years, I was finally coming out as, like, being able to figure out what was wrong with me. I then moved out of my mum's house back in with my sister. And I began to recover. And one thing that I learned from my therapist is that you cannot heal in the same environment that you were traumatised in. So I left my house. Well, living with my mum, I left. And I began to be in recovery I came off my medication it that was extremely scary for me because I was like for the past five years I'm fine I'm coming like because I was 25 when I came off my meds the past five years I've been on medication I don't know what I'm like I've been on contraception I've been on medication antidepressants and 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 I remember sitting in my room and I didn't tell anyone I didn't tell anyone for like a few weeks that I was coming off of it And I had like three sessions in between me coming off of it. My sister goes, did you do something? And I was like, what do you mean did I do something? She was like, you've just been a bit like, a bit up and down lately. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been a bit up and down. She's like, girl, what happened? I was like, I came off my medication. She was like, yeah, I thought so. She's like, you need to tell your therapist. So I went back to my therapist and told my therapist. She was like, when did you come off? And I told her, she was like, you've had three sessions and you have not told me that you come off medication. She's like, it was so important that you told me. 
And I think for me, from coming off my medication as someone with BPD, now I'm not saying that you need to go and come off your medication if you have borderline personality disorder because that is your own thing, okay? For me, it helped me. And I came off it and I started doing heaps of therapy with my therapist and learning about BPD and educating myself. And then I started to recover. And I was a few months into me coming off my medication, going through everything, that I really started to see an improvement. I think I went maybe four months without having an episode at one stage. And then I had a really bad turn. So obviously COVID was happening. I was had a lot of going, a lot of stuff going on, and I had a trigger. And I was at work one day, and I remember my boss, my supervisor, coming to me. She was like, "Look, you're all over the place today." And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of personal stuff going on." And she was like, "Yeah, but I just really think that you're all over the place, and you just need like settle down." And I remember leaving my workplace at that stage and I was like, I need to quit my job. So I wrote my letter of resignation and I quit my job. And I went back to my therapy session the next day and I was like, hey, I quit my job. My therapist was like, good, that job was toxic. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? She was like, look, I can't tell you what to do, okay? I really cannot tell you. I can give you advice, but I can't tell you what to do. You have to do it for yourself. But yes, that job was very toxic. And I was like, oh, okay. So I think at that moment it was like I realised that my therapist was probably one of my favourite people. But that's also one thing that I learned is that my therapist may be my favourite person in the entire world. But my therapist is a reflection of me. If my therapist is my favourite person, that probably means that I'm my favourite person. Because... She doesn't really talk much. Like, I just talk and give my own therapy sessions, basically, these days. She's like, and how, what would advice you, what would the advice you give yourself? And I give the advice, and she's like, that's really good advice. You should take it. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? She's like, just give yourself a therapy session. I think that's why, like, I got to having monthly sessions with her is because I started to learn how to give myself therapy sessions. So, yeah, that's my journey with therapy now therapy as I said isn't for everyone you know I always give advice with like go get professional help if you can go get therapy therapy is really expensive I I always make the like joke that I'm pretty sure I brought my my therapist like a very nice car or like her laptop like I've more than her laptop like I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on therapy but it's worth it for me because if I'm not healthy and I'm not in a good state then that's not good that's not good for the people around me it's not safe for my family and friends and I can't have that I promised myself a really long time ago that I would not end up like my parents and today I'm breaking the cycle And by breaking the cycle is I went to therapy. And I'm happy today to say that I have never felt better. I've never felt so strong mentally. 
So, in conclusion, if you or a friend are struggling at the moment, I do say seek professional help. However, therapy is not for everyone. And it takes a really long time for people to even accept the fact that they need it. So, hold on tight. You'll be okay. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.